Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Boston man, so in front of the show, Coach Bill Cohen, Northeastern Huskers, the CAA, six, six in a row in conference play. Coach, how are things going with you guys up there in New England up there? We're, we're doing just fine, JR. Really, really happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Coach, I may ask you, man, uh, this has been a weird year, man, in, uh, in every way we can think of. So how has it been getting your guys prepared for this year with being away from you guys and up, no, up your way. The rules are tighter than it is down here in Georgia. So, how to get guys prepared, keeping them healthy, the protocols. Talk about all that whole process from this spring to now, Coach. Have to get where you are today. Yeah, you're exactly right. This this year is like none other. I mean, COVID's really impacted uh, just about uh, every every uh, a- aspect of life, um, and certainly college basketball. And then you mix in all the. Uh, you know, those social injustice tensions uh, going around. Uh, there's just so much an emo- emotion and so much political emotion, so much, uh, y- y- you know, fear for medical safety. Um, and it's and it's impacted basketball. But, you know, that's one area where our kids could kind of get a break. Um, and thankfully, our university has really invested uh, a lot of money in, in establishing a testing protocol here on campus, put in uh, stringent guidelines that have tried to keep everybody healthy. And it's given this team an opportunity to, uh, to step away from all the stress and pressure the, that, that 2020 has kind of put upon us oh, yeah. and get them back to at, at least some sort of normalcy, um, whether it be practice uh, or a game. And for those, you know, brief two hours, you can kind of forget about everything else and just, just worry about the game that we love and uh, and get in there. But, you know, we live in kind of these two universes. You get out of practice and then you see how many people have, are suffering or or, or have gone, gotten ill. Um, and, you know, it's just two different worlds. But we're, we're, we've just tried to adopt an attitude of gratitude and be thankful for each and every day and, and each and every opportunity we get to play. Yeah, Coach, you have a unique team. A lot of guys are team from international backgrounds. So how are those conversations when social justice is going on really tough in the summertime, really in the news and mainstream media? How was it for you guys who are international who may not have been privy to those things that happen in the USA when in, in their home countries and when in, in their home cultures? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, ironically, you know, this is not just a, a, a U.S. problem. Uh, you know, we have, we have a young man from England and, you know, you know, he's experienced it over there. We've had guys from Nigeria, 
guys from uh, Germany, all around the world. And, um, you know, we had some really interesting and in-depth and emotional conversations regarding in, in and around that issue. And, um, you know, I, if there was one thing that bright side to take out of it is I, I think the next generation is going to get it right. Uh, from my conversations with our guys, it's just so, so much more understanding, so much more compassion, so much more um, tolerance um, for diversity. And, uh, you know, the inspiring thing, that's one thing that's great about coaching, you get to be around young people. And um, it, it, they're in an amazing age group. They, they, oh, they yeah. see the world the way they see it. And, uh, you know, to me, it just gave me hope that in the future, uh, when this generate, generation elevates, that, you know, times really can change. And coach, you know, it's funny for me. I'm th I'm 33 years old. I never met my first white kids. I was seven years old in 1994, and I live in Atlanta. Travel baseball, it's baseball and sports. We didn't experience another culture because I never met a white kid until I was seven years old playing travel right. baseball. Which is, I know it's bad to say, but it's honest reality. I, I lived it. And you know that sports can bring us together because I I'm like. That's a kid to me. I didn't realize at seven years old. That's a white kid. So I was told, like, I was seven playing travel baseball. I had no, no idea, coach, about race at seven years old like that. So I'm just making that point that say that, hey, that the sports can unify us all and get us to experience different backgrounds. And now I, it's done to me. I, I don't care who you are, what your background is, because I've experienced it in college as well. I experienced different cultures. So for me, like you're right, being 33, being a millennial and the guys below me, I think they're going to really help us push us to that, as you said, that next, next level and get it right, as you said, coach. Yeah, no no, no question. And that's, that's the beauty of sports, right? You, you, you get in there and – you know, it doesn't matter if you're 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 rich or poor or or, 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 or white or black or it, it doesn't matter that, you, you know, the competition is what it is. And, um, you know, that's that's a, an arena. At least you, you, you always want to hold on to it. That's, that's where it's fair. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it, it, that's what I think, um, you, you know, we aspire as society to be. And that's why sports can be a leader in this area. Um, and, and really teach everybody how how, how to how to get along and and, and to progress. Because coach, I didn't care about a race. I just want to win the game and keep going to tournaments and traveling. I didn't care. You know, I was seven year old kid, man. I just wanted to win. You know. That's it. No, I hear you. And coach, you know, it's speaking that even further, like for this radio show, it's a global show now. Like for me, I'm talking to people in, in Europe, Africa, Asia, you know, all over in Australia because of what the technology has global now. I'm right here in my base, you're in your office, but it's gonna be for the whole world to hear. And it's gonna be some messages that's at resonates all over the all over the globe because you said sports is a unifying thing. You know, like for my radio show locally, I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee, Jamaican, Georgia. All these people in between that hear this show live every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. So it's like for me, like knowing that I'm in a position now, Coach, to affect change and help people grow is like a, a burden I'm glad to take and take a leadership role in doing because I, I know the platform God's given me is here to help others and grow our nation, help us be better all over the world through a platform like mine that I've been blessed with. Yeah, the, th thank you for doing that. And, uh, you know, I always like to say I, I, I coach basketball, but basketball, uh, you know, the basketball court is our classroom. And we really just teach life. Oh, yeah. Through basketball and, you know, everything you're teaching that you, you know, you heard from kindergarten on up, you know, to be unselfish, to, to be compassionate, to be passionate about something, to uh, try your best and, and uh, 
you know, it's, it's how you play the game and, and all those things. Those are lessons that are all taught, you know, through sport. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a great um, way to kind of revisit that and, and get back to what's really important. And coach, how do you use a similar time to teach a young men about adversity in the sense of, you know, being a, it's all international, being away from home, trying to be able to keep them safe. And how did you keep your team together via those Zoom calls? Because they're young kids. I'm 33 and I have interns who ask me questions all the time, coach, about what's going on. I don't understand this stuff. And I know if they're the same age range my interns are, and you got to answer the questions like uh, on a thousand. You have 13, 14 guys to answer the answer. If I, I have four kids, you know. So how was yeah. how it for you guys to keep your guys together when you, was, when you all were away for so long? Yeah, I mean, it's all about communication, right? So whether it's it's digital communication or real life communication, um, but being open and honest and, and uh, being, you know, listening is a skill. Oh, yes. And, and you, you have to be able to listen. And um, I think too many people, while they're listening, they're, they're, their mind is already forming how they're going to answer instead of actively listening uh, to what's really being said and, and validating that other person. So we did a lot of that, having everybody kind of speak on it and, and what their life experience has been and how they, how they see things. And, and you just try to get a, a better understanding of everything. But, you know, for us, it was about trying to keep our group together. It's a team sport. So we need everybody in the boat and we need everybody pulling in the right direction. Um, we lost the uh, summer axis, which is a lot of time where you kind of feel do some team building stuff. Um, but we had to, we had to do the best we could over, over zoom and they were frequent and they were long, <laughs> but you know, it's how guys got, got to, to know each other. And, you know, I'm really, really blessed. I got a really great locker room with some good leadership with guys who are, uh, want to be good, want to be coached and want to be elite teammates. So when you have that type of group, you, you know, the basketball is secondary. That that comes natural to them. Now, Coach, how was the ramp up? Because you know, you know, you know, guys have been active for a while. You don't want to get them hurt. So, how did you guys kind of structure the ramp up from getting them shooting drills, individual drills, and not putting too much in too soon, so they don't don't overload them and get them hurt when they can't yeah. be good for you? Now, because you want to peak in March, not in, in November. So how was that process? Yeah, but you know, we were mindful of it. You know, we had we took the phased in approach where you know the first you know, two, three weeks, we were in phase one and, you know, it was kind of individual out of basket and get guys moving. Because like you said, they didn't have the benefit of the summer strength and conditioning program. You know, everybody, when they hit the court, you know, the energy is high. Oh, we, yeah. We've been away for, for so long. Everybody just wanted to play and go. And you just really had to kind of hold the reins a little bit and hold them back. And then phase two, we got a little bit more active um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we didn't have contact, but we could get a few more guys out of basket and, and simulate the game a little bit. And that lasted another two, three weeks. And then the last phase was, you know, full contact. But, you know, it was different. Um, but, you know, it forced you to innovate how you did practice and, and think, think out of the box and try to get creative. So, <clears throat> so the practices were meaningful and and uh, energetic and purposeful and uh, all those things. So we had to rethink the game, which I, I think was a good thing. It stretched us, stretched our basketball mind, it stretched our creativity. Um, and I think the kids responded well to it. Because I've noticed that I watch more game, things are getting more complex. I'm seeing more stuff on film, more guys with new 
twist off of these plays. So for you guys, if you're playing, if you notice that things have gotten, teams are doing more things than they were in November, December for us, being complex about their schemes and different little adjustments off certain plays and looks they usually give you. So you notice, I've noticed myself kind of watching it. There's more getting more and more complex now. There's more games yeah. being played and guys getting that rhythm now of being in, in, in it every two, two games a week here. Yeah, and I think it's that guys are getting more cons consistent practice time, but you're also like getting into conference play. So, you know, many of the coaches are going to kind of save some of their better stuff um, to when they get into conference play and, you know, start with the basics in the non-conference. And then when you get a little bit more practice, you're going to get um, more intricate and more involved in terms of your sets and, and defensive schemes and so on. So, um, I would like to say there's three parts of the season, the non-conference where you kind of test yourself against different styles of play. And we played a really tough non-conference schedule. I think it was like 17th in the country by ESPN. Uh, went out, we were down in your way, down played at Georgia. Um, but, uh, you, you know, then you get into conference play and, you know, everybody kind of knows your tricks, trick plays and tendencies. And then you get into postseason, whether it's your, a postseason tournament or, uh, you, you know, the NCAs or NIT, you're in a one and done mindset. And all three of those are different. You know, we're in the middle of our conference play right now. And uh, it's, it's fighting against coaches that have prepared against you for years and years, players that have competed against one another. They know each other. They know all their trick moves and everything. So there's nothing easy uh, oh, yeah. in, in conference play. Coach, let me ask you about the non-conference schedule. How was it trying to schedule games when, like I said, the rules here in Georgia, I was there in Massachusetts. The rules are very different for its fans, yeah. access. Yeah. So how was it trying to schedule games with the quarantines and up, up northeast versus coming down here where it's wide open? Yeah, it was, it was really hard. Um, you, you know, we, we lost a couple of games. And in our region, like we're right, right, right downtown Boston, but in New, New England, New York, New England, you know, there's two other leagues. The Ivy League had shut down. Uh, and the Patriot League was not playing non-conference games. So a lot of those opponents were on our – couple of those were on our schedule. We typically play Harvard every year and BU's, Boston universities across the way, Holy Cross is in our state. All those games kind of vanished off our schedule. And then, um, you know, you get the pushback of the state. So we just – scheduling was real time. Uh, you, you were literally talking on Sunday uh, about potentially playing and – and then playing again a game on Tuesday or Wednesday of that week, um, which is very different from what it was in the past. But, you know, we were able to put together a really competitive non-conference schedule. And like you said, up in the Northeast, there's, there's no fans. You, you know, it's very, um, very strict in terms of all that. Um, and then even in our conference, like we just got back from Charleston and they had fans in the stands. And it just, just feels different. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, Coach, speaking of the back-to-backs, how's that been? Because, uh, you know, you know, guys in the NBA, you see guys on second night of a back-to-back. They're, they're gassed, you know. So how's it been for you trying to manage your guys on night one, going to night two, and trying to make sure you get that win on night two, knowing that you played hard on night one there, on that Friday yeah. night there? Well, I mean, you're going to want to win every game. So I, I don't know, uh, you know, in the NBA, they're, 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 you know, they have load management and everything else. We, schedule we, losses, <laughs> as they always say. The coach, the schedule, the schedule loss. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, for us, you know, I think we have to manage our week leading up to that, um, how much we can take out of the kids' legs, you know, over the course of the week and be mindful of that. And then, you know, we talked to our guys about the three areas of preparation 
going into the game. And that's the, you know, the physical, which is you got to get your body right and, and rehabbed and iced and hydrated and sleep and everything else that goes into getting your body right. And then, um, you know, the me mental, you, you know, you might want to make a couple adjustments, but you can't, you can't overcoach that situation uh, between Saturday and Sunday um, night. And, and then the last one is emotional. And you see it in the NBA all the time when they get to playoff system, there's, there's playoff time. You're, you're, you may win on game one and game two is a totally different game. Oh, yeah. And wh whether you w won the first game, you're going to have a either emotional advantage or disadvantage. And if you lose the game, you're going to have to deal with that emotion um, one way or another. So I'm managing that emotion. Um, like if you beat a team on the first night, you know they're going to come back hard the next day. Um, you, you, you know, and, and re it's really going to be a dogfight. So you got to anticipate that. But I think you're seeing around college basketball, a lot of splits, you oh, know, yeah. a team can win big on respect, particularly early in the year. You had teams win by 40 points one night and lose the next day. So it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a challenge. Uh, but I think those are the three areas as a coach, you have to uh, uh, be mindful of. You got a new coach. You got to play this weekend. Mark Bynson and my, my buddy from Georgia Southern went up to James Madison. How, how you saying what his team is doing this year? Looking forward to coaching against him all these years going forward now. Yeah, he's he's doing a tremendous job. I mean, they they had the you know the preseason player of the year and leading returning scorer in the league and Matt Matt Lewis. Um, and he you know if you haven't seen him, he's a terrific college player. I mean, he he's a, a three level scorer and. You, you know, just a really good ball handler, kind of a combo guard that playing them a little bit on the ball, off the ball. Um, but, you, you know, Mark's doing a tremendous job. They, they're really well coached, uh, defending uh, at a high level, and they have interchangeable parts. They the floor, play with great pace. So um, we actually have them this weekend, so it's going to be a challenge. Oh, yeah. I saw I said, oh, you got to play my buddy, Mark. Yeah, I saw him say, man, I know he's always tough, to, tough, tough to deal with for sure. Now, Coach Cohen, I mean, the last one I got for you is, is a, little, a, a little light question. Well, what was your quarantine hobby? I was playing the guitar, learning how, how to do some things on the guitar. What was yours? You, you know what? It was an incredible time for the coaching community um, because we were all sitting at home. So there were so many clinics, international clinics, um, and it, it was almost like a sabbatical, a coaching sabbatical. Um, and it was a really a great growth period for me. But I, I, I attended so many webinars and, and, and coaching clinics and different ways of thinking. You, 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 you listen to, you know, guys who are coaching over in, you know, Eastern Europe or, 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 or Europe or, you know, different college coaches that, you know, typically you're just hyper-focused on your own group. Oh, yeah. And it gets into a, a group think. You've done ways for so long that you you, you kind of got a little bit of tunnel vision. But I thought this spring and summer was a great opportunity to just grow and learn as a coach uh, in a lot of different ways. And, you know, certainly, you know, the personal relationship side with all the social injustice, make sure you, you're connected with all your players. Um, Technique wise, how, how, how do you how do you coach? just so many different areas you were able to kind of get exposed to, to, to some of the most brilliant minds in the game. And um, I was grateful for that. 
Oh yeah, coach. Same here, man. I got invited to Coach Clinic. Somebody, my friends invited me on to listen to it. I'm like, I was amazed because you know I love the coaching mind, coaching mindset. I got to hear those things. I'm like, okay. Well, I wish I knew that when I played ball. <laughs> <laughs> It'll help me out a little bit. Now, Coach, thank you for your time. As always, Coach Cohen, you, one of our favorites to talk to you every year, man. Thank you, as always, and be blessed to be safe and hope to see you soon, man. Uh, I have an uncle who lives in Boston, in West Peabody, actually. So when I come up there, when it all clears up, I'll try to give you a holler, see, see if you guys in the office come by and see you, man. That'd be great. That'd be great. Now, always, thanks for having me on. All thank right. you, Coach. Be Stay good well. now. See you, buddy. All right. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.